And saying that, we're doing this series called Spirit, and it's, I'm, so, I'm super excited. Ruach Elohim has been following on this, um, this series, Numa in Greek, uh, Ruach in Hebrew. But I'm super excited to end our series with people in the building, or we've got Pastor PJ. So I want to give Pastor PJ a hand as she comes up and brings our word this morning. You know, about the Spirit, well, the Spirit has always been there, and we can read it in our first page in the Bible, that in the beginning, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, you know, and it doesn't mean that he wasn't there before, but that is that what we know. And, and then we see in the Old Testament that the, the, the Spirit just turns up here and there and prophes, prophecy and, and, and God anoints people for a particular task, but it is just here and there we see the Holy Spirit at work. Although there is a prophecy that in the last days God will pour out his Spirit on all flesh. Marvelous. And so then, uh, then the prophecies is about Jesus, that he will come, the Savior, and, and then Jesus is born. You know the story. And, but then Jesus is um, in his 30s, and he starts his ministry, but he doesn't start his ministry before he gets baptized. And then, you know, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit just came upon him. And it, is, it said Jesus was filled with the Spirit when he was, went in the desert, for 40 days, but he was full of power when he came out of there. That was Jesus. Jesus didn't start, even though he was the son of God, but he still needed to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and then we see that his ministry is just phenomenal. You know, he's a teacher, he's a healer, he's a prophet. He serves, he's got mercy, he's got love, and he's got everything under the sun, really, to demonstrate us how good God is, and demonstrate the gifts of God all through the life of Jesus. And then there comes a time that Jesus prepares his disciples that it's for him time to go, and it's good for us that he goes because otherwise he can't send the Holy Spirit. And obviously they are a bit troubled, and Jesus said, don't be troubled, you know, because I will send you a helper, uh, you know, who will bring you comfort. Obviously that's what they needed Comfort, he will guide you and he will teach you all things that I have shown you and what I've taught you. And I think, you know, okay then, Jesus, you know, they didn't have a choice really. But, and then um, Jesus died and he appeared to, to the disciples again and he said, just, you know, I'm going and just wait in Jerusalem. And they didn't know how long the wait was, but they had to wait for something they didn't know what was, what was happening or how or what, but they believed Jesus on his word that the promise would come. And then we read in Acts, you know, that the promise come. They said, you know, the promise is, gives you power again, that power we've been singing about this morning, the power of God. And the power of God is to testify about who Jesus is and what he all can do. And then they found it out uh, on that day when the Holy Spirit came with lots of noise and it was drama, I can tell you. It must have been uh, phenomenal because they'd never seen anything like that before. People speaking in tongues and, oh, it was just, it was just, it looked like it was crazy. But it wasn't. Because they said, you know, you think that we are drunk, but we are not drunk, we are drunk in the Holy Spirit. So that's why the world can't understand us sometimes. Because we do look a little, little bit weird, and, and, and especially when we speak in tongues, and people say, Kh. but people don't know because they haven't got the Spirit of God. They don't know. So 
Who loves gifts? Getting gifts, buying gifts, <laughs> lots of gifts. Oh, buying gifts. And sometimes we, we buy gifts and, you know, we have a lot of thought about it with our children or something like that, and they think, oh, yeah, thank you. Okay, I put so much thought into it, but I right. Or you receive a gift yourself and you look at it and think, oh, is that all? Yeah, I mean, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yourself. Yeah, okay, Elta. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I was given, and it was in the early 80s, we were here only a couple of years in New Zealand, and, uh, and I was given a book, and I just love reading, always have. Uh, but coming to a new country and not being able to read in the language that I speak here, it's quite a challenge. So I had to learn a new language. And so it was about, in, uh, at that time, I could just about read a book, you know, that I could choose myself, because I read a lot of books that I read before in the Netherlands, and so I read them again, so, because I knew the story, so I wouldn't miss it. But I was about ready to read a book for myself, again, of my own children. And then my friend, she said, I've got a book for you. I said, okay. I thought, oh, you know, what would that be about? And she said, I really want you to read it. She said, okay. And I thought, oh, Lord, I hope I can read it first. Uh, get time to read it. You've got four children. So you know yourself, and you've got four children, and there's not much time to read. But anyway, so I'm, I, I got myself into this book. So you can get a gift, but you might never use it. You get a gift, but never open it. Not really. You look at it, but you don't open it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to read this book. The book is called Chasing the Dragon. Oh, it was a very interesting, very interesting title. I thought, whoa, sounds a bit, a bit crazy. Anyway, it was about Jackie Pulitzer working in a walled city, um, working with people who are addicted to drugs. And, and it was just, a, 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 just such an inspiring story. And then she, she, she writes in the books how she helps people to get off the addiction. And it was by the power of God. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like, what? The Holy Spirit. Yeah, I know about the Holy Spirit. You know, we, but the Holy Spirit's got power. It's like, how, how? You know what I did? I just, I need to check this out. And so I got my, my English Bible. New American, we had then, that's what we advised to buy. And so I, I got to read about the Holy Spirit and that it has power and it's got gifts. And I, I said, how come nobody told me? I've been in church nearly for 30 years. I nearly was born in the church. Youth group, you know what, everything, school, everything. And not at any time have I heard about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. I was just a wee bit angry at you. I was. I was a little bit. <laughs> but I just need to get over myself because I was interested. I was intrigued by the power of the Holy Spirit. So in 1 Corinthians, that's how I started to read. 1 Corinthians 12, with 1, it says... Uh, do not be ignorant 
do not be ignorant of the spiritual gifts. Well, I totally was, totally oblivious. I think I knew everything about the Bible and blah, 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 all the stories, but I was totally ignorant of the Holy Spirit. And then 1 Peter 4, 15, it said, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety and used them to serve one another. Uh, so that, would that mean, you know, I've got one too or whatever. So that's why I call this theory, you are called and you are gifted. You are gifted. You are already gifted as it is. The gift of life, the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life. You're already very loaded. We are loaded with gifts. We are. We are loaded. And then on top of it, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't think the disciples knew what was coming to them. They had no idea. Jesus never talked about, as I know, about the gifts and stuff like that. But when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, those gifts came on the scene. I mustn't lose my footings. So, what is, it? What, what is a gift then? Is it something that you have always? Are you born with it? No, it's not a natural gift. It's not a skill that you have. It's not something that you have. It is something that you don't deserve, really, and you can't achieve for it. You think, well, I've been in church. I should have been in church for 30 years. I should have at least achieved one gift, shouldn't I? But I didn't. I've been in church, but knew a lot about God, but didn't know God personally. He knew me, but I didn't know him. So what is it then? So when the gift, it is a divine ability and strength. If I look at um, our growth track, uh, if you want to know more about gifts at the end of this, uh, it describes it like this. For example, uh, evangelism. The gift of evangelism is a divine strength or ability to help non-Christians take a necessary step to becoming Christ followers. So it is, it is an ability, it is a, a strength that is not on your own. And it comes on the scene when it is needed. So we just, so it's not achieved, it's not deserved, we don't deserve it, but we do receive it. It is received, but it doesn't stop there. Because if you just receive the gifts and never use your gifts, then it doesn't mean a thing. So then we become just full of ourselves. And then we think we need more. But the gift is given so that we can serve others, that we can bless others, to build others up. So it's not the, the gift is not for me or for you personally. It is, you need to give it away. You need to release it. And will you get some profit out of it? Yeah, because you enjoy doing it. That is the thing. The joy is for us, who, when you give your gift away, that you get so much enjoyment out of it. It gives you joy. So, we're going to read some of that. Here we go. In 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but of the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 
There are different kinds of workings, but the same God works in all of them and in all men. Now, to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. That means we can use it for everybody. Wherever you go, you can use your gift. It's not like you can use your gift only in church or only in your life group or anything. No, it's for the common good. So it's good so that other people get blessed by something that is really good. Where was I? Yeah. Sorry. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, the other the message of knowledge by names of the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another one, healing, and to another one, in the Spirit, to another, miracles of powers, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguished between spirits, discernment, we call that, and still another, to interpretation of tongues. And all these are at work for one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. The Spirit is the boss. God is the boss. And, you say, and, and quite often he gives you a gift that complements. It complements your ability or your natural gift. It does. Because it all needs to work together. That is how all things work together. Yes? But also with all abilities in our spirit. That all works together. So we got a good outcome. So when I read this book, and, and it showed me, or I read, how to give my life to Jesus, uh, I thought, well, I don't need him. I've been in church all my life, so I don't need, I don't need to give my life to God. But, you know, I was just so intrigued by the, the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts, and I, think, and I think, Lord, you know, do I or do I not? And then it was uh, talking about speaking in tongues and you know, there was no YouTube in those days. I didn't know anybody who was speaking in tongues. I never heard anybody speaking in tongues. And I thought, ah. Oh. But one night, uh, Yata was on night shift, as he went often on night shift with his nursing. And I think, I'm humming and humming. And I think, oh, wow, well, I've got nothing to lose. I just, <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> just going for it. And so I committed my life to Christ. And there's a whole other story around it, but I'll just keep it short. And then I asked God to baptize me in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I was just following the book. Yeah, what now? Oh, yeah. And, and asked to speak in tongues. And, wow, it's something, isn't it, when you start to speak in tongues. And it's not like that you receive a language straight away. Because that is a heavenly language. But if you know how to learn a language, and I have, and I still do one, I'm still learning Tereo, then I always say, you're just words first. It's just like it doesn't make sense. And you think, is this it? I thought it was just, but I couldn't help myself to saying it over and over again. I think, oh, well, I don't know. I have no idea. So I thought, when Yalta comes home, I'll ask Yalta. And because, you know, he's my most trusted person. He knows me, and I, I can tell him, you know, I receive Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and all of that, you know, from the book, I could say, from the book, you know. Um, and so I said, yeah, you know, la, la, la. And he said, and, so, and now I'm speaking in tongues. Okay, he said. And so I'm, I'm just starting with my speaking in tongues. I'm just young, and I've got 
a few words and I'll just go over and over again. He said, you're crazy. <laughs> you are just, just, you, don't you know you're crazy? He said, I'm just coming from work. And he said, you know, I don't want to find my, my wife there being, being just totally loopy. And because, you know, it sounded so weird. No, and I know I didn't. So, okay, you know, and, and then you wonder yourself, you know, is this, is this from God or what is this? And, you know, I thought, well, I'm not going to talk to Yalta <laughs> in, in speaking in tongues. But I thought, no, if it's a real thing, then I, I just need to get hold of it. So I was just speaking in tongues by myself. And I thought it was just so helping me uh, bring clarity to my thoughts and understanding the Bible. And it was just really helping me. But you know, I had this nagging thought, of the, you know, maybe I am a bit loopy or crazy. Maybe God is right. You know how, do, how you get those thoughts going in your head? Um, and I just needed to know that it was the, the real McCoy. I really needed to know. So there was an <clears throat> apostolic church in Tiamutu, and uh, Yalta allowed me to go at night sometimes, on Sunday nights, um, and because I just, I just needed to go. I just needed to hear from other people who had uh, been baptized in the Spirit and, and all of that and carried the gifts. And so one night, I went to a Sunday night, and Pastor Brian was preaching, and, you know, preaching about the gifts and all of that. And Pastor Brian said, well, we just really want people to activate uh, the speaking in tongues. Man, I would just shut up first up. I think, right, I just need to know. I just need to know for myself that I'm, you know, I'm not loopy or crazy or anything. You know, I've got the gift of God. And so we all lined up, as you do, and, you know, laying on hands and praying for you. And, and so you had to, you know, use your, whatever you came to mind for speaking in tongues. And so I've been practicing in private, I mean, every day. So, you know, it was not one word. It was just like I was going for it. And so Pastor Brian came in front of me, and I said, yeah, come on. I said, oh, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to show up. He said, you've got a language, woman. Come on. Okay, okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we are the, te the, the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians talks about we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is given by God. So if we ask for something like that, why would God give you a fish or something? He will, if you ask for something, God will give you good, good gifts if you honestly desire it. And the gift makes room for itself. Do you know that? Even though in your, in your natural ability it makes, but also the spiritual gifts makes room for yourself. Uh, I was a student pastor in Dunedin for many years, and that we had um, obviously lots of, connect group, life group, whatever you call them, in all the hall of residence, all those first-year students. They usually go to hall of residence, and then the first year of study, they stay there, and the meals and everything is provided. And so we had, uh, I don't know how many connect groups in, in all those hall of residence, because they are all young people. They come from all over the country, and mostly from traditional churches and stuff like that. 
And so one of the leaders said, Peter, can you just pass, Peter, can you just come one night? And, you know, some of our people really struggle with the Holy Spirit and, um, and you know, and how does it all go and prophecy because they have been, never been taught about the Holy Spirit. I said, yeah, sure. You know, usually a connect group is about 10. That's already a lot if you've got 10 in your connect group of 12. So I arrived there, and I, th- I thought we'd go into somebody's room, but now we were going in the common room. I thought, okay, uh, okay. Uh, and it was packed, packed with young people. I think, Lord, help me. You know, <laughs> Lord, it's my favorite line, okay? Lord, help me. I acknowledge that I need his help. And so here I was talking about the Holy Spirit and all of that, and talking about prophecy because, you know, some people thought it was fortune-telling and all of that, you know. There's a lot of going on in the world. And uh, so then, you know, and any questions? Uh, yes. All this, I see those hands. <laughs> Can you prophesy then? Oh, God, I thought. <laughs> but, you know, God comes on board when people are hungry. They want the people who are hungry for him. And, and if, if you are the person there, then God says, that's you. Come on. Step up the plate and go. And I thought, well, how can I just prophesy? Or maybe one or two. Well, if one gets a prophecy, do you know that? They all want a prophecy. <laughs> Have you been in meetings like that? Somebody gives a prophecy and... Everybody wants a prophecy. It was a long night, I can tell you that. <laughs> but it's just trusting God, you know. We've we got a measure of faith that God sends with your gift. So if you've got a gift, there is a measure of faith with it, and, and the grace of God is on your life to do it. So it was a lot of breakthrough. You know, the chains were falling off for many, many young people. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So good. And the other thing is, the gifts of God and the call of God are irrevocable. So that means, you know, sometimes we go through stuff. Yeah? And you think, you know, I've just lost everything. You know, my marriage is not good anymore. Or this has happened and that has happened. Or I've been falling into sin or that thing or that. Whatever. You know what? doesn't matter to God at all, because all the gifts and the call are irrevocable. That means that once you, once you got it, you have to have it and to keep it as long as you live. And so that has brings so much hope to so many people. I've said God is able to restore people's call of God because I think they lost it or they were just whatever. And then... And, when you bring the scripture that the call of God is irrevocable, a man cannot take a call of God away. Okay? No person can take your call away. Because God honors you. When he gives you a call of God, he gives you the gifts. He wants you to have it for a lifetime. It is so good. I love that about God. And I see miracles about, about, about that with people in ministry. So, have you got any jigsaw puzzle lovers in our midst? I see that hand. Only one? Nobody else? Yes, jigsaws. 
Oh, I see that. Good. Great. So you know all about jigsaws and pieces and all of that. That's good. So I work sometimes in a hospice shop, and we sell jigsaw puzzles. And, you know, they come in a nice box or in a plastic bag and stuff like that. The most common question that people ask, are all the pieces there? Is this a complete puzzle? Or uh, other people, do you, can you tell me if all the pieces are there? Because for a, a jigsaw puzzle lover, if you haven't got all the pieces, it's just like, it's just not complete. It's just like, it's just no good. So they want to be assured. If I had a jigsaw puzzle pieces here, and say we've got, a, say we've got 100 people here, and my puzzle is 100 pieces, and the pieces are all different, as you know. You can have a metal piece, you can have a, an edge piece or a corner piece. There might be colors in it. Some look very dull, and some might be very colorful. But it doesn't really matter because all the pieces are needed to complete the puzzle. And it's the same with the gifts that we carry in the body of Christ. Some pieces are missing. Or some people are not, not using their gifts, so they get connected. Because the more we get connected with some other people, the better our gift is. Because we can encourage each other, we can strengthen each other, and stir up that gift. Say, come on. We need every piece. Every piece of the puzzle is needed to complete the work that God has called us to do. In your marriage, you know, we got both got pieces and they work together. Why? To make the marriage work, make the family work, or final work. They are all needed. You cannot bail out. And if you have bailed out, well, come back because your gifts are irrevocable. You know, in Matthew 25, you know the story. You know, um, a farmer went away on a holiday and, and left some people in charge. And he said, I'll give you five talents and another one three and another one one. And, you know, just let's, you know, look after it. And so the one with the five talents was working really, really hard and, you know, he had five and got industrial and, you know, all of that and, and it was growing. So good. And then the three thought, oh, wow, one, two, three. Yeah, well, I can work with it. I can, I can, I can use this and I can make it work and do this and that. And, and, and lo and behold, he was multiplying too. And then it was the one who had only one. And, you know, one gift is one gift, isn't it? Ah, yeah, I don't want to lose this one because if I lose it, then, you know, I've got nothing. So, and, and I'm just too scared to, to use it because they think, oh, I've got only one. It's not really that, that important. So why should I use it? And so he hit the talent. And so when the farmer came back and said, how's it going? And the one with five, you know, you know multiplied and, you know, so excited, working well. And the one with the three, you know, also been very industrious and so much joy. And, and then he came to the one and so what, what happened with yours? Well, you know, I was just too scared to use it. Uh, I didn't think it was much. I felt, felt a bit inferior, inferior because I think I got, only got one. I thought, well, I just want to keep the one. I'm not going to use it, so I'm just if we can read that story, 
This is Jesus talking, not me. He was not very happy. Not very happy because he has deposited good things in your life. And God wants to see a return in our lives. He wants us to carry fruit. We need to be fruitful in our life. And so where does our gifts go? They go to other people. To sow into other people. If you are an encouragement, oh, please, just get on with it. Because there is encouragement so much needed. If, if, you, if you are a person who's got a giving um, gift, well, just go for it. You know, just go and, and keep giving for what you've got. God is not asking you to give what you haven't got. He just wants you to give what you've got. Release it everywhere. You know, imagine that picture if we all do, if we all use our gifts and we all use it really well and we build each other up here and we get encouraged here and, you know, we've got some teachers and somebody's prophesying blind. It'd be just such a... Can you see the picture? Beautiful. I just thought, beautiful. And I know, even though we've been in lockdown, but I believe the church... We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't, but we all need to play our part. We need to pick up that piece of your piece so that it fits with somebody else and work together and, and get amazing work done. God's workmanship, you know, has good work for us in advance. I love it. So invest in people. You know, don't don't be fearful or be weird. You know, if you give a word of prophecy or of encouragement. Don't be weird. Don't, don't start a different voice. Just be yourself. In 1 Timothy 4, it says, do not neglect your gifts. Do not neglect it. And I, I just say, oh, Lord, I speak just as much to myself because I want to be fruitful in every way. I want to desire every gift that God has for me. But I need to be faithful for what I have. And then it says also in um, 1 Timothy 1, it says, I remind you, that was Paul speaking to Timothy, I remind you, stir up the gift. I remind you, I will remind all of us today, I remind you, stir up your gift. Stir it up to give that God has given you. And usually we use this scripture for many different purposes. But this scripture goes with this. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. That is the verse after that. So even if you think, you know, I'm nothing, what will people think? Oh, people think anyway. Just, just let them do the thinking and you do the work. Just stir, stir up. Fan into flame. Although you can have it all, and some people seem to have it all, some people are more loaded than we are. You know, they are so loaded. But we need to recognize we are loaded as well. We are. Be, 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 be thankful what you have. But then it says in Corinthians 13, and now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men and of all angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gifts of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, 
and I have a faith that can move mountains. Oh, man, amazing. But I did not have love, then I have nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but not have love, I gain nothing. So love has to be our aim. The love of God that He has given you, the gift of salvation, the gift of life, the gift of eternal life. This is amazing. He is such a good God. So love needs to be our aim. I call it the holy butt. You can have all the, all the gifts, but there is a holy butt. You need a love. And the love motivates us to do things and keep doing things. And so that's why I love our, um, our vision statement or mission statement. What do you call it? Mission, vision, vision statement. Real love serves because that's what it comes down to. Real love, the love of the Father, wants to serve, cannot help to serve. In any shape or form, however it comes, it wants to serve. And maybe you need a dose of that real love in you. you know, don't grow cold. Just that real love that God has for you. Because we are so much better together. We can't do life with anybody else. We need to do life together.